Hello, Jamie. Hello, Julian. And hello, everyone. This is Nine to When, the podcast for business owners that just do not stop, no matter what. Brought to you by Iwaka. Uh, and again, we we're back with another exciting guest in the studio. We have Julian Fisher of GISP. GISP is an innovative, cutting-edge app that helps create frictionless experiences across a variety of industries, including retail, hospitality, grocery, airports, and hotels, and more. And now we're going to dive into that, Julian. What does that mean? What what exactly what exactly does okay. GISP do? I've yeah. given the, I've given okay. the sort of pitch, but what does it do? Okay, so basically, what we do is we we make it possible to uh, connect with spaces. So we we understand that there are two channels, broadly speaking. You've got the traditional high street, and then you've got the internet. These are two separate channels. Um, over the years companies have been working to bring them together um, bringing the data together and so therefore you you start to see companies who have an what they what they used to call an omni-channel solution so you would be able to um, have the same information um, from a store um, which is which is selling in the street in the high street and and also on the internet but the two bits of information didn't really work together um, very expensive to try and bring data together in these two channels so what we've done is we've actually unified the experience so now we're talking about unified commerce which basically means that everything that you see and do whether it's online or whether it's in the high street is created in information it's produced in information you get it on your phone you're able to see the product you're able to buy the product so the experience is identical whether i'm shopping online or whether i'm shopping in high street i'm basically after information i'm, I'm after a purchase whether it gets delivered to me later or whether i take it away with me now or whether a company comes and picks it up and brings it to my home later or whatever doesn't matter but what we want is a unified experience so the same information the same prices the same opportunities are delivered across all channels okay wow so that must be quite a if i am i if i'm a mediumish sized business that must be quite a challenge if i'm trying to unify exactly what's happening on the on the shop floor mm. in terms of pricing stock changes etc with my uh, digital um and my web commerce team um how do you um what are the main levers that you go about creating this unity yeah, so the, the, the first one is to actually make it possible for the consumer to have that engagement with the product wherever they are. So, of course, you've already got um, websites, you've got apps that are bringing information to you. But what we're trying to do now is is take every and any space, and that could mean a physical product as well as a area in a room or an um, entire shop, and make it possible so that when the consumer actually is engaging with it, the same information, the same opportunities are delivered to them um, at the point where they are. So you've then got the same level of data that's being shared across all channels. So instead of you having s disparate systems, you actually have one system delivering the information to everybody. So that's how it works. At the moment, because when the internet started and when commerce started, you had programs and solutions that were built to deliver a solution for the online community and then you had a separate set of solutions and POS that were designed for the high street and then to try and bring them together companies would try to actually make them talk to each other and that's where the difficulty lies today what we're all trying to do is actually deliver a solution that works across all channels so basically it's a ubiquitous solution for so it's for everywhere um, 
and it runs entirely um, across all devices and means that as a shopper, the experience I get is, is one where actually I don't care whether you are online or offline, I just want the same experience. So I'll give you an example. I went and bought recently a product or attempted to buy a product from a high street store. Mm-hmm. Um, so my wife had found it, the product and said, here it is. Can you go and buy it? Of course, I had the website, but I want to buy in the high street because we support high street. So I went across to the shop. Um, the price of the product was about four pounds more expensive than right. online uh, because there was a sale. Uh, so I said to them, look, can you match the price? Because I'd rather actually buy it from you now and you get the sale. And mm-hmm. the lady said, well, no, we can't. But if you buy the product and then have it um, click and collect, you'll get it at the price that you want it. And you just literally come across in a couple of days time and you'll be able to pick it up and take it away. <laughs> so that's crazy. So we're talking about an identical product in a store and also on a website. And there's two different prices. Yeah. And you go into the store and you just you can't get it for the price that they're obviously selling it somewhere else. Mm. And they would rather sell it for cheaper than do a delivery, which is more expensive on the top of it and more logistical, exactly. more effort, exactly. rather than just giving you the discount price there and then. Exactly. And and so, so it's complete madness. Um, so, of course, it's cost them more money to deliver me a product. Actually, when I picked up the product in the store and was holding it, I said, I want to buy this now and take it away. But the lady said, well, you're going to have to pay the higher price if you want to take it away now. But if you come back in a couple of days, your order will have arrived in store and you can <laughs> take it for the lower price. Yeah. Couldn't you? At that point, I'd be like going, well, can I just order it? You give me this one right now. I'll show you my order delivery. And then you just put that one back on your shelf. Like <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Because we're only across the road. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so basically, what, 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 so the bad experience there, apart from the fact that it's costing the company money, um, is that as a customer, I got potentially um, two experiences a, a more expensive high street experience and a cheaper online. Of course, everyone's talking about the fact that online is, is winning more business from high street. And that's because the high street delivery mechanism, the channel, is being separated from online. You've got to merge the two together and create the same experience. Oh, so I and that's that. I've never really thought of that before. That's quite a, that's quite a strong take on it, I guess. That um, the the high street is declining in a, in a, uh, retail premises are um, going through issues at the moment, um, and some of that is to do with I guess the scale of uh, it's much more easier to do all your your discounts and your sales and your and focus on web like e-commerce rather than the physical location so they're sort of left behind mm. with the sales and the discounts and the the sophistication which means that they're not as compelling price wise compared to the web mm, exactly um, and then the, it's a self yeah. uh, self so, so what, what one of the ways in which we we try to explain what we do is if, if you were to, if you if i was to explain to you and, and you guys will understand this if i if i'm setting up a website and you come and visit my website I'm going to know what page, I know when you arrived, I probably know where you came from, whether it was Google or any other search engine or any other mechanism. I'll know what page you looked at. I'll know how long you looked at, whether you bounced. Did you go in and look at some products? Which products? Which order? Did you put anything in your basket? Did you, did you abandon your basket? Did you buy anything? Um, so we've got a lot of information and potentially there'll be a lot more information that we might be able to uh, obtain through, through Google, for example. Now, do the same scenario in a shop. So a person walks into a shop, starts looking around the store. 
unless you've got a member of staff who's actually going to be on your shoulder looking at what you're doing, which would be quite creepy. And that would be a little bit <laughs> creepy, yeah. You're not going to know what that person really was looking at, what products they picked up, why they picked up and put products down. Um, did they buy something? Was there something that actually helped in their decisions to buy a product? So, for example, you you have products that are... I mean, the best way to lead, think about it is sometimes you get these things called lost leaders. So you set up something because you need it to lead to something else. But actually... In a store, in a physical store, sometimes the way that the products are laid out is to lead you into or will help you decide to buy something that you want to buy because, I mean, before it was probably just as good but maybe a bit more expensive. You then look at another product, oh, actually, that's a, that's a couple of quid cheaper. I'm mm. going to take that. Now, uh, okay. what happens if I take that product away? Um, now, sales of a product that, 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 that it led to might go down or, it, or even they might go up. But because I don't necessarily have the data to support that, that idea, um, I won't necessarily know as a manager why the product that was selling or didn't sell well was selling or not selling well. We can actually identify that, and that's the information that we give at GISP. Oh, wow. Okay. So, uh, I, mean, that's, um, I mean, that's quite revolutionary, I'd say. So, I, do you get feedback? Well, actually, we'll go into the uh, we'll go back into the perception of it in a minute. But um, in terms of how you actually do it um, on in an offline environment, what what sort of happens here? How do you you come in? So, I'm a I'm a I'm a business. Um, let's say um, I'm a business. I'm thinking of using GISP. Um, I have quite a disparate. Um, online and offline mm. environment mm. what what happens i'm like okay i want to go with you yeah so so what we do first of all is is we look at um putting we use nfc stickers mm -hmm. so we use a technology which um is in your phone we use it's the one that's in your contact contactless credit cards this is the near field communication that's right yeah, yeah. so this is this is um so when you're when you're paying and using a card and you're tapping on the terminal that's using nfc to communicate the information about your card to the terminal that allows the payment to go through mm -hmm. so that that is essentially um, what we have, which we put into stickers on price labels, onto products, onto posters. And when, as a, a consumer, I'm engaging with a product and I want information, um, you tap on a sticker, you tap, effectively you tap on a price label or even on a product, and the product information will pop up on your screen. Now, the magic bit where we talk about unified is part of that conversation where we are engaging with the client to have their product information delivered straight through into our system to be delivered through through the stickers in the shop but at the same they've got to be at the same price they've got to be at the information that, that the consumer is expecting to receive which they will do online but now they're getting it in the store so effectively if you can imagine you're walking into a store and you want to find out about something typically you'll google it and mm -hmm. so you'll find out what it is that you're you're interested in buying what we're saying is actually when i'm going into a store and i want something the demand by by the generation y and x is that i want it right now and i want it on my phone give it to me instantly that's what I, that's what i'm looking for so when you tap on a sticker that information is then available so it's it's the products it's the details description it's any references any reviews it's any links it's any videos any social engagement and of course it's the price so mm. that delivery gives me exactly what i would expect to receive if i was looking at that product online i'm now getting it in the store 
So the store can then reflect the same price and same information that I get online. So basically, we're merging and unifying the two two pieces of information. Right. Now, if you then take a decision as a store to price your products in in a unified way, whether it's online, whether it's in the store, you then have a unified proposition. In other words, your your value proposition to your customer is that whatever you're looking for, whether it's buying from us online or whether you're buying in the store, the same price, same opportunity. Okay. So um, does the pricing... Is it a top-down pricing that, say, the web sets the price for the stores, or does the stores update the the the, the web, or is well, it? Well, well, let, let, let's let's ask this question. I'm a customer. Am I different? Am I a different person when I'm shopping in the sh- in the stores as I am when I'm shopping online, or am I the same person? Uh, you're you're <laughs> obviously the same person. <laughs> I'm the same person. So why why treat me any different? We 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 ex- we really should expect to treat the shopper. Um, as a individual who is expecting the same experience, the same the same information, the same opportunity as they are when they're shopping, whether it's online or offline. So I'm, what I'm arguing here is is that if you set a singular price, whether it's online or offline, then I, as a consumer, when I then engage with that product, I'm not expecting, like I did when I went into that store, to then find out that it's a different price by the same company but on a different channel and that has to be the same so you can set your price whether you're setting it um online or whether you're setting it for the for the for the high street is is up to you but you need to set a single price that's Mm -hmm. what we're arguing no i i I agree with that from the customer point of view I, i think it's quite an interesting to understand the dynamics because uh with regards to the the business because inventory in their warehouse might be like limited and they have to get rid of a stock conversely inventory in the store might Mm. be coming to an end and they want to shift it and how you keep it must be quite a especially if you've got multiple stores that might be quite a difficult thing to manage between all the different areas to keep one set price Mm -hmm. i agree it's absolutely necessary i'm just this seems like the best way of of at least getting the info of what all the different prices is in all the different points and then you make a decision as a result of that i mean in the early days you saw companies actually promoting themselves as having special offers online which were not available in store and in-store offers that were not available online because they wanted these were the early days and they wanted to have a distinction between the two channels but now the consumer expects the same level of information they expect the same treatment um yes it, it, you can still have products which are only going to be available by mail order by by delivery that's obviously quite 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 a valid op- proposition but if i'm a customer and i'm expecting to pick up something as i as i did um, from the store and I had the product in my hand but they said you can't have this product at the price we're selling it online well that's ridiculous mm-hmm Absolutely. I'm being treated differently because of the two different channels. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I would imagine some people who don't know how the process works very well would be like, "Oh, you're stalking me through my phone." Do, is that a mm. is that a, a feedback that you get sometimes? Yeah. So, so we were actually debating this at a conference recently about uh, privacy. So we are fully GDPR compliant. We have a full time compliance officer. Um, and as a company that, that has personalization features in the app, of course, what we want to do is to deliver the best possible 
um, experience the consumer. Um, knowing a little bit about the consumer helps you provide a better set of information. But at the same time, your consumers want to have privacy. They want to be treated and know, known to be treated as, as having uh, their information restricted and kept private. So the best way for us as a company to do this is, of course, we don't share their information. So we directly, things that are, that are required to be kept to, to ourselves and only use when we have a reason to use it. So we don't, we're not allowed to store data that we're not using for a particular purpose. So that's the first thing. The, the next thing, though, is, is, is the best way I can describe it is, is if you imagine that your retailer has got lots and lots and lots of different offers, now they're going to want to promote those offers to you because they're hoping one of them is going to find favour with you. But that means you're going to be bombarded. And we are always being bombarded by promotions. I mean, just coming here to the office today, um, I've been hit by hundreds of different promotions, some of which I've, I've noticed and others I haven't. So the thing we do is we kind of set up like a, it's almost like a filter. So the filter is... And the best way I describe that is if you imagine when you were a child, you had that little cutout of, of wood or plastic and you had the shapes mm -hmm. and you'd have to put the right shape in the right hole. Yeah. Um, so if if the uh, consumer has this like filter, then basically only the right shapes will pass through to get to the consumer. In other words, only the offers that are relevant will pass through. So, so rather than presenting yourself up and then basically bombarded with promotions and offers, the system will be designed to actually only allow those offers that are relevant to you to be passed through. Now, that filter does not say anything in terms of private personal information about the individual. It's only the personalization of what are the things that they like, um, but there's no there's no identity behind it. So the, so the retailer has no idea who they're communicating. Who that is, yeah. And that's how we protect the consumer. Yeah. I guess that's um, on many levels. That's um, much more beneficial than, say, um, like club cards or something, where they're really tying your exact offline purchases to the, the and your on and your online purchases in like Tesco's. But they, it's right. They know exactly who you are. They know your email address. Mm. Um, perhaps this is a this is a much better way of doing it in a more anonymized fashion. Yeah, and what you tend to find, certainly I do, is is that um, you get these offers. Um, of products that you've recently bought and they offer you them again. Now, of course, I'm likely to be buying the same dog food or cat food or the same same um, healthcare products. Um, I was going to say beauty products, but then <laughs> <laughs> I don't use those. Um, but but the fact is, is that um, we are creatures of habit. So what they do is they will repeat the things that we've already bought. And so it can get a little bit um, irritating because you've only just bought it and, you, and suddenly you're presented with this offer to get it for half price. And you're thinking, well, hang on a minute. You yeah, know, I've only just, just bought, bought it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or alternatively, you get offers which, which you know, um, have a, a time limit. And of course, uh, by the time you've used the product up and you want to buy it again, the offer that you, you had has now expired. So so these are these are offers and promotions that are very clever in, in the way that they put together, but of course, as consumers, sometimes it's it's the same experience as going into a into a store which has got a big you know sale on, and you go and you say, oh, you know, they never have my size, <laughs> never have my size. But probably that's because the ones that are the most commonly bought sizes are the ones that are the first to go. So that's why they don't have my size. Mm -hmm.
And um, just one last point on this as well. You, to use the app, you must have consented to using the app in the first place as well. So it's yes. not like some um, under-the-radar no. phone-detecting <laughs> like intelligence espionage no, either. No, um, not at all. We, we have, we have a full set of controls in the settings to allow people to customize the way in which the app works for them and mm-hmm. and, uh, and and their privacy is, is is kept secure so so and because again because of the laws the the information is stored in the UK and not anywhere else mm-hmm. so what would you recommend uh, for a let's say quite a smallish business they might not have the resources to um, to invest in just but they um, they're looking. They have a web presence and they have a um, a physical store, or maybe it's a couple of stores. What would you give us some general rules of advice for ensuring a unified experience for the customer? Well, the, the first is actually to be very clear on your pricing, because um, the customer today is is carrying. They're nearly all carrying mobile devices. They're nearly always online, and today information is shared between friends. So actually, what we're seeing with Generation X is that they're moving away from trusting corporate corporate businesses. Um, and what they say about a product, they're now seeking the advice of their friends. So it's the advice of their friends and the reviews of friends, which are, which are much stronger and have a much more powerful um, effect on my decision to buy a product. So make sure that your prices reflect the channels um, if you are going to have a different pricing structure, make it clear as to why you've got a different pricing structure. Um, and understand that you're, you're dealing with a person um, who is going to be looking at both th- what you're selling in the shop and what you're selling online and will expect the same price. Mm-hmm. They will not understand why you have a different price um, if the product's available in both channels. Um, so so yeah, have a have a have a clear pricing strategy strategy and stick to it. That's what I advise. Good advice, good advice. My last question um, before we move on to our quiz: um, What does the future hold for Gisp? Well, um, it's it's going to be brilliant. Actually, twenty twenty uh, well twenty nineteen to start with has been a fantastic year for us. Um, We've been growing in in, uh, in size of the company with with staff with the talent that we have to uh, available. Um, we are growing our reach into the marketplace. So we're now talking directly with brands and with retailers direct. Um, and our technology is growing in leaps and bounds. And next year we are uh, launching a new uh, payment solution, um, which which will be coming out in probably next two or three months' time. So we can't say much about it now, but it is Ooh, very exciting. Um, I haven't, exciting. We haven't told anyone else. You're the first to hear. Oh, just wow, that. So, I feel privileged. So, so um, we, we'll be launching that uh, in the next couple of months. That's brilliant. And for those who want to stay tuned uh, and find out more as it comes uh, comes online, it's gisp.com. Yeah. com. Yeah, and we're on all the social channels that you can imagine. Oh, great. Well, we will definitely check in with you in a, in a few months' time and Thank see you. what the update is. Um, but I, I'm not letting you off... Uh, too quickly because okay. of course we have the big whiz qu- oh, I can't even say it the big biz whiz quiz uh, which is where um, Julian comes under the fire of 10 10 slash 11 questions um, these are all retail fe- themed I had a flick through them and they're, yeah they're, they're um, we, we seem to be developing a penchant for uh, Tough fish quizzes, but let's see how you do. Okay. How you feeling? Yeah. <laughs> I'm no good at quizzes, so, no. so this is going to be uh, interesting. Let's see. All right. Okay. 
Uh, retail is the UK's largest private sector. True or false? True. Correct. What year were contactless payments first introduced? 2007, 2012 or 2016? 2007, I think you said. Yes. Two. Two for two. How many coffee shops are there in the UK? Oh, wow. 80,000, 24,000 or 3,000? Yeah, the higher number, 80. Oh, unfortunately, it's 24,000. Wow. Yeah. Well, nice. I would have thought it would have yeah. been higher too. This is another how many question. How many startups have launched in the UK so far this year? <laughs> 250,000, 650,000 or 1 million? Gosh. Um, uh, the middle number. Yes, you're correct. 650,000 yep. startup businesses have launched just this year alone. What percentage of retail sales are done online? 9%, 32% or 80%? So can you say the numbers again? So it's uh, 9%, yep. 32% or 80% of um, all sales? All sales. Well, all well it's, going to be, it's going to be 30. Yeah. It's actually less, apparently. It's 9%. Wow, gosh. I mean, okay. there, I guess there's a lot of off like corn mm. shops, etc. that don't, don't do it. Uh, long queues formed outside Amazon's first supermarket in Seattle, but what was so special about it? Uh, this is called Amazon Go, and so this is the, the 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 frictionless shopping, seamless shopping experience where you don't you don't actually go to a till. You literally just walk out the store, having uh, been monitored throughout the whole experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, you are correct. This is Amazon's yeah. monitoring as you go, no checkout, walk in, walk out system. Yeah. Which high street fashion retailer reported a five hundred million pound loss in two thousand and eighteen? Uh, uh, gosh, um, I'll give you a clue. Philip Green owns it. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, then it's um, uh, New Look. No, it's uh, Topshop. Topshop. Uh, okay. So this is four for three. Uh, we're now on to question eight. How much does the UK household spend on Christmas? <laughs> £250, £800 or £2,500 on average? Uh, on Christmas, £2,000. Uh, it's a little bit less. Oh, it's um, okay. it's £800. Oh, okay. Still quite a lot. Not in my household. <laughs> <laughs> Not in mine either. Um, which of these are not a British company? Vodafone, Lloyds or Nestle? Um, uh, Nestle Swiss, Vodafone. Not a. Is not a. Is not. It's not a British company. Um, sorry, what's the second one? Uh, uh, Vodafone, Lloyd's, or Nestle? Which one is not a British company? Um, I say Lloyd's. No, oh, uh, it's, it's, it's Nestle. Oh, is it Nestle? Yeah. Crikey, they're not Swiss. Oh. Hmm? That's right. You're correct. Oh, sorry. It is Swiss. Oh, it is Swiss. So oh, you yeah. got it right. Oh, okay. You kind of got oh, it. I think okay. you got the question right. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. give that one to okay. you because you knew it was Swiss. <laughs> so I was like, okay, right. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is a really difficult one. Spin is a micro mobility startup backed by Ford that is soon to launch across Europe and the UK. But what do they do? What like, what do they provide? Spin is a UK. It's a micro mobility yeah. startup backed by Ford Motors. Soon to launch in the across the Europe and the UK, but what service do they provide? It's not these little 
little scooter things. You it? are correct. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. It is okay. the micro scooters. Uh, all right, and now we have a bonus round, um, okay. and this is a word association round, um, where I have a topic here that I haven't seen before, um, and then we have to answer it. So the the topic is. Uh, UK chain coffee shops. So think of any <laughs> coffee shop, and then you say one, I say one, you say one, I say one. So you can okay. go, <laughs> go first. Costa. S uh, Starbucks. Cafe Nero. Oh damn! I was going to say that one. Uh, uh, near, uh, no, near. Oh, come on, <laughs> that's three. I can't do three. That's terrible. Um, I have literally drawn a blank, so I'm I'm terrible at that. <laughs> so can you I name win? another one? I think you I think you do win that. What would you have done next? Um, yeah, you did the you did the big ones. Starbucks, Costa Nero, <laughs> and then you're on the spot. What do you say, like um, um, yeah. Joe's Coffee? Your shop? local department store's yeah. coffee shop. Yeah, no. <laughs> Which gives you uh, a grand total of seven out of eleven. Um, okay. Which is pretty good i'd have to say that oh, that's, that's um that's fairly uh, there were some surprising answers I have yeah to say. So there's good, some good questions the christmas one in particular yeah, yeah. A bit. oh well thank you julian that is the end of our big whiz quiz um and now finally on to our last section of the show which is called brilliant or bonkers where we look at inspirational quotes and decide whether they are brilliant or whether they're bonkers in the context of small businesses and whether they're relevant or not. Um, the quote I have here is a very famous one. I have no idea who said it. I think it just appears in general, just around the place on sort of uh, memes and stuff. Whoever said money can't buy happiness doesn't know where to shop. <laughs> Retail therapy, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. The, those ones, they end up on fridge magnets. Mm, yeah. what, do you, what do you think? Do you think this is relevant? Do you think money, um, like shopping experience can always make you happy? Or do you think it's, uh, it's a bit of a myth? I, th well, for sure there are, and I know people who shopping is, 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 is a dreadful, horrible experience. Um, I suppose there are two types of shopping, though. You've got your everyday grocery shopping that you, you, you're doing in your local store or, or, or in the express stores. And then you've got the ones where you're shopping for clothing and holidays. And I think they're, they're the ones that are, that are fun. So when you're, when you're shopping for that side of things, yes, it's, it's, it's nearly, nearly always a good experience. And I would say that a lot of shopping centers are working very hard to make our experience that much better mm -hmm. so you it's more enjoyable so your parking is is really easy um and you get to the shops really quickly and you've got a nice environment you've got nice places to go and have a cup of coffee so yeah on balance i'd say yeah it's, it's a good experience so you're saying uh, the a lot that goes to the happiness is one the product that you're potentially buying no one gets super excited about buying cheese mm. <laughs> say um, and to the experience whether it's frictionless whether it's um, quite pain-free I guess yeah. in general um, makes you happy yeah I mean the thing is when you buy something you you do get those endorphins which give you the rush and give you the excitement and of course you know, for some people that that can go a little bit too far um, they get into trouble by buying too much because they're always constantly seeking that 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 that, that feeling mm. but actually when you talk about christmas we always think about buying for the for our loved ones our friends and our loved ones and of course then the experience can be good fun and and can be worth you know, worth pursuing 
if you do it in time. So for yeah. the first time, I think, in years, we've actually just about finished all of our Christmas shopping. And what is it, the 3rd, 4th of December? Wow, so, that is organised. So that's extraordinary, yeah. Well, that's nothing to do with me. That's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. It reminds me of that John Lewis Christmas ad from a few years back where the, the, the kid is really excited for Christmas to come and he keeps on looking at the calendar and he keeps on looking and he gets to Christmas and he gives the presents to his to his mum and his dad rather yeah. than getting them, which yeah, is what yeah, you yeah. thought it exactly. was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so would you say brilliant or bonkers? Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. I would agree with that as well. Brilliant. Uh, let's say the quote one more time. Whoever said money can't buy happiness doesn't know where to shop. Great. But that is the end of our show. Thank you, Julian, so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Um, for listeners, uh, go to www.gisp.com. That's J-I-S-P.com to see a little bit more about what uh, Julian does. Uh, and we'll stay up uh, tuned for updates in the, mm. in the near future. Certainly will. But until, that, um, until next week, have a great weekend. Have a great week and we'll see you soon. Thanks very much for listening. <laughs>